Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. To all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 203, Redline, from 2007. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode's brought to you by Jacobs Entertainment Incorporated, a legacy of excellence. Jacobs Entertainment is a developer, owner, and operator of gaming and entertainment facilities in four regions of the United States. So if you are looking for a casino, oh. Jacobs. Well, shout out to Jacob, and also shout out to you, Alex Ellen and our patron on TooFast2Forever.com who had us watch this movie, Redline, which we will talk about after the break. Alex also emailed. There's a very funny email that Alex sent, which we'll get to in the mailbag, expecting us to do no favors to this movie and wanted us to uh, – wanted to. if people listen to the intro first, he wants to sell the movie a little bit. So we're going to hear from Alex okay. in a little bit selling Redline. But, Joe, before we get their extracurricular activities, what have you been up to? I saw a very uh, – very exciting Instagram picture. Yes, you did. So um, I've had like a very, very fucking long week. It started last. I'm going to tell the whole story just because it's, it's been long. I was getting a new roof. I was getting my mortgage refinanced and I was getting new phones. That was like my week last week, right? So Friday, I'm like, it's new phone day. I'm all excited. The UPS guy showed up at our house at like 930. Early. And super early. We missed the delivery of the phones. And my old phone wasn't working and hasn't been working for a while, but I was like, I'll wait for the new ones to come out and then I'll order a new one. You help me along. So I have my pre-order. It's the day mm-hmm. it comes out. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to get it today. I woke up, said to Rachel, like, it's new iPhone day. We miss a delivery. So I'm like pissed. Then I was like dealing with other bullshit in my life. It was not a good day for me. So like I come home, I'm like, I'm coming home at noon and I'm just fucking drinking. I'm like, okay, you know what? Like it's Friday. I can watch Ted Lasso. That'll, you know, help me get out of this funk a little bit. You Did you watch Friday's episode of Ted Lasso? Uh, about a funeral. Yeah. So not the best headspace for that day. I mean, great episode, right? Obviously, because like Ted Lasso is great. Mm-hmm. But like it wasn't like the most upbeat, fun Ted Lasso. Well, as Rachel tweeted, cheer up, Keely. It's a funeral. Yeah, exactly. Right. So so I'm like, so like I'm kind of like down bad. Right. Because now I've been like drinking. And, like, I'm watching this funeral episode, whatever. We get a ring on the doorbell. The UPS guy came back, happened to deliver our phones. He was like, yeah, I figured I'd come back around. My day is looking up. I get the approval, finally, for my mortgage refinance and an email. And I'm like, cool. So I'm like, let me pull out my new phone and use it. We set it up so, like, you know, it was like, you know, get it so that Verizon just sends it to you and it's already set up. I was like, cool. I turn on my phone. I get no cellular service. Like, the new iPhones have, like, an eSIM, right? So, like, you shouldn't have to use a SIM card. That's why my phone's being weird. Okay, yeah, okay. Not weird, but I have the I have my old SIM in there, too. But, so yeah. the So, if you have an old SIM, so my phone didn't work, but now I've been drinking, and I'm like, oh, fuck, like, am I doing something wrong? Whatever. Rachel's totally works. We got two two phones, same time, same order, whatever. Hers, hers is fine. Mine doesn't. So, I'm like, I have, like, the world's most expensive iPod today, but that was cool because I re- didn't really want to talk to anybody anyways. So I was like, this is fucking wonderful that I don't get text messages or anything today because I'm mad at everyone. So we booze. I try to put like my old SIM card in. It's like the SIM card doesn't fit because it like had this like extra thing, whatever. Like it like has this like, it's not like, it's the same, it's the right size. It just had like, when it popped out of the thing, the bottom had like one little piece of plastic that like wasn't letting it fit nicely in the slot. So I was like, oh, damn it. So I was like, I'm not going to fuck with this tonight. I'm going to do it tomorrow morning. I wake up Saturday morning at 7 a.m. after we've been up drinking all night. Two men 
standing on the roof above my head. Cool, cool. Because, because they decided Saturday morning was the good day to do my new roof. So just, I mean, like, chaos, right? It sounds like you're, like, in a fucking hurricane. Because they're, like, ripping the old roof off of our house. Just shingles and shit just fucking flying everywhere. But I'm like, that's cool. I'm definitely feeling it from the night before, but I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to get a new roof. So they're doing the roof things, and Rachel has a bridal shower in Boston that day. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go or not. Um, she was like, would you take the drive with me? You know, it's not very far. It's like two hours. Rachel, like, I, like, take a nap on the couch downstairs and, like, sleep through them, like, just demolishing my roof. And I wake up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'll go to Boston because the place that it's at was in the seaport in Boston, Okay. And in Seaport, it's like uh, this little area that's like right on like water. There, there's a brewery that I really like called Trillium, which I'm sure you've yep. had beers from, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So they had like the first Trillium brewery was like right in Seaport right there. So I was like, oh, I know they have a brewery there. Um, I'll definitely take a ride with you. I have a phone that doesn't work, but like I'll just go sit, just drink beers at Trillium by myself because like I'm, you know, hungover. So that sounds like a good idea. And that's what I did for like three hours. It was wonderful. Couldn't get text messages. Couldn't sign into any of my financial apps or anything. But I was like, cool, whatever. So I went to Verizon, fixed my phone. Then today, the final part of this news. So like my week has been fucking, it's getting, it's getting better. I'm feeling better. It's getting better. But um, today they came and put the solar panels on my roof, which you saw a picture of and some of yep. our listeners liked as well. I They look great, right? Like they put yep. them all on one side. It looks really crispy. Um, I'm very happy with it. I just got to wait for them to do like the final inspections and the connection with the electric company. And, um, once they do that, but like the electric, the electrician came today and like did all the wiring. So he's like, yeah, like once they approve it, then I just like hook it up and we'll be good to go. So I'm uh, very excited about that. And I have something very cool happening this weekend that I will talk about next time. So but long Ooh. story. Yeah, I know. It's also very, very cool. Um, but long story for just a bunch of bullshit and awesome things that eventually happened in my life. Well, now you have a working iPhone and solar panels that are not turned on yet because yes. they're just like, yeah, because the whole solar process is like, here's like uh, eight different things that like we don't really have control over that yep. are all going to be like, eh, whenever people will get around to it. It's like, yep. well, okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got nothing. I can't. I, okay. Oh, so like eventually on Sunday morning, I went to the Verizon store and this is a tip to you. They said my old SIM card wasn't a 5G SIM card, but you had a 5G phone, right? Didn't you? It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they said, like, I didn't have, like, a 5G SIM card, so they just gave me a new one at the Verizon store, and, like, you know, I just waited in the queue for 15 minutes because all the olds were there first thing in the fucking morning on Sunday yep. besides me. So um, I was, like, sixth in line showing up, like, five minutes after they opened. After they got to me, the guy was like, yeah, boo-boo, popped in a new SIM, turned it on, and it just registered, and I'm all good now. My phone works, so. Cool. Anything else of note, or has that been your week? That, that's, that's been my past week. It's, it's been a lot of chaos, but obviously I've been thinking about it heavily, and things are looking up, so. Cool. Good. How about you? So last week we recorded on Tuesday instead of Wednesday because I went to a Phoebe Bridgers show in Philly on Wednesday, which no offense to Andy Schaff or to Julian Baker, who concerts I went to see earlier in the month, but uh, this was like the one that I've been waiting for. Okay. And it was amazing. And Good. it was outside. And cool. the weather was beautiful. And the crowd was awesome. And she was the great. Crowd the crowd in Philly openers. was awesome? Yes. <laughs> I'm just uh, it's kidding. all It's all like young. I mean, 
Again, all Hipstery like peoples, yeah. No, and that's even that's uh, it's sort of, but like it's all young girls basically, like uh, okay. teen. Like we were definitely like I went with a friend from college, and she and I were definitely like way older um, than the average demo. But we both loved it. We were in the front, but on the rail. Like we got there, we got to the show early because Philly's far. But we're like, let's go ahead. Di- we got dinner or whatever, and then we were cool. just like hanging around. And there were, like we weren't really super early online, and we wanted to get merch and whatever. And so we were just like hanging out. And so we got there, and there were a bunch of people there. But like to the left of the stage, the rail was open, so we weren't like center, but we were at the rail, which was very nice. And so we were just Great there. View. And yeah. Mandated vaccination, proof of vaccination. Cool. The security there was, like, crazier than I've seen any security anywhere. So, like, it was, like, very safe, and they were there taking everything very seriously. So that was good. But Phoebe was amazing. A band called Muna opened for them, and they have a song with Phoebe called Silk Chiffon, which is a huge song right now. Okay. And Phoebe came out to sing with them, like, before she even that's went on. So cool. I was like, that's a very cool, like, yeah. no ego kind of move, right? Where it's like, she's not waiting out. for yeah. her moment. Yeah. Yep. So that was cool. Then on Saturday, uh, past guest and sort of friend of the show, even though not friend of the franchise, Chris Podcasts, uh, has become a doctor. He passed his boards. Congrats, and Chris so, Podcasts, man. That's yes, a big sir. thing, man. Congrats. He will never hear this. He will I never, know, ever hear this. I know, but I still want to say congrats to him. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That's hard, man. Good for him. So his friends, uh, our friends, Paul and Jen, who I've met from through him, and you might have met because I think they were, they were definitely at the barbecue that I had the day you were there. So I don't know if you talked to them or not, but uh, they have rock band parties, and cool. uh, they had a rock band party on Saturday, and so that was a lot of fun. And then on Sunday, so I mentioned last week that I had been moving – I'd swapped two rooms in my house, and I'd just been moving yes. furniture and just trying to fig- figure things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I – found on craigslist uh the exact kind of bookshelf like bookcase kind of thing that i used to have oh nice it's this furniture company called this end up uh which is the it was the set that was like my first like quote-unquote like big boy bedroom when i was like six or seven or whatever like it's it's this furniture that lasts forever like it's heavy as hell it's solid as hell and it's expensive. Like, you can still buy it through the site, but it's, like, $700 for a bookcase. I'm like, I'm not spending 700 But, like, they're always available on Craigslist. Because, because they people last like, forever. And... They last forever, and people are like, I don't want to move this, or yeah. whatever, right? So I found this case that I used to ha- have the exact same thing to store video games. So I bought one of those. Cool. And the, the woman who was selling it also had another one. So I went on Sunday with Bob of How to Win the Lottery, because I was like, I need to recruit somebody to help me move these things. Yeah. And we needed to record an episode anyway. So he came over. We did that. I decided not to watch the Vikings game because I had lost in devastating, heartbreaking fashion the first two weeks. So instead oh, yeah. we watched You the, uncursed them. I know. So that's, I can't watch anymore. And in your <laughs> logic, I can't watch them anymore because I actually... Because, okay... <laughs> We watched instead Rams Bucks, where the Rams sort of embarrassed on the national stage the Bucks. Like the final score was closer than it actually. Like it just it was very dominant performance with the Rams. Yeah. So we enjoyed that. And they even cut to like a game break in Jimmy in, in Los Angeles or whatever, right? Like they showed the the Seahawks up seventeen to seven. I was like, look, man, you're glad I'm not watching. Yeah. And then the Vikings <laughs> scored twenty three unanswered. And I was like, well, okay, cool. I get it. Did you yeah. see the did you see the the um video of Kirk Cousins tossing his shoe before the play? Uh, I saw yes. I watched the uh because I don't know if you know this, and I don't know if our listeners who care about football know this, but there are really, really good 12 to 15 minute YouTube video recaps of every game. Yep. Are they like official ones or not? Yes, the NFL posts it, yes. Oh, very cool. Okay. And so because like football games three are three hours, but there's like so little actual action. So yep. like 
15 or fewer minutes, like you can see almost everything of importance in a game. And so yep. I watched it and like the shoe thing was in there. That's cool. Because uh, he just took it off. And he, like, he, it's like, why is this like, why is he throwing like, this really like, why is a, t- a weirdly incomplete pass in here? Just like, oh, because he's wearing one shoe. Okay, cool. Got it. But yeah, so the Vikings won. We watched the Rams beat Brady and the Bucks, which was cool. Sorry to Nick Burris. I know he's a Bucks fan, but you know, whatever. Well, they just signed fucking just Sermon today. So, and they're Oh, did they play. really? They play New England Sunday night game. Did you In see New the, England? Yes. Did you see the commercial, the Adele commercial? The Adele? 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 Yeah. They no. cut like the promo for NBC for the game for Sunday night is like, hello from the other side. And it's like just Tom Brady, like oh. in his Patriots jersey. And then it like changes to the Bucks jersey. It's really like we've been laughing about this for a couple of days. It, it sounds like, terrible. What do you mean? No, I mean. It's, is it funny? Is it, is it well done? It's very well done. Okay. Like it's excellent, but it's like if you were a fan of the Patriots, it would be like heart wrenching. You know, like it's it's really funny. Give it a shot if you, if you haven't seen it. It's just like it's it's well it's shot like NFL films, right? But just like scored to hello from the other side. So Tom Brady the return. Okay, let's see here. Hold yeah. on. Very moody and very atmospheric. Right. It is. It really, really is. Whoa. No, but it's just like there's something cool about football where like it's the only sport where like slow motion always looks cool. It always looks cool, dude. It always you're right. It always Like it can always look looks cool, cool in baseball and basketball and hockey and stuff, but like football, there's something about Even it. Even them just like, just, no like coming out, right? Yeah. Like just yeah. like strutting onto the field in the slow motion is just like the coolest shit ever. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's that. I have not really watched anything of note. There's a couple of things I'm watching uh, coming up this week that I'll talk about next week, but that's about it. Oh, we did watch the episode we recorded was The Bell Jar. So this book, The Bell Jar, Sylvia Plath, amazing book, really sort of like monumental, important classic in literature. Yeah. There was a very shitty adaptation okay. in 1979, which we watched, and it is terrible. It's on YouTube. <laughs> you can watch the VHS rip on YouTube, and it's garbage. But yeah, we Feels watched like that one. It's the appropriate like, way to, to honor... A timeless classic yeah, literature piece. For sure. By watching, watching... Watch a, a, YouTube, a VHS <laughs> rip on YouTube. An illegal VHS rip on YouTube. Yeah, right? So <laughs> That yeah. feels somewhat appropriate. Anyway, we have a Patreon page here on the show. Too Fast, Too Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, the aforementioned Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber nice. Party. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting, at the, for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. Like we've said, the next episode is a bonus episode. We're doing the other red line, and on that episode, we will be announcing next year's themes. So if you want extra bonus episodes that'll never be on the feed if you want to know the themes for next year early and if you want to even pick things for us to watch like alex is having us watch red line for this episode too fast too forever.com anywhere from a dollar a month to like i don't know some stupid amount of money that no one is ever going to do but it's an option on there you know 10 bucks a month gets you a pick per year to do here so you know just peruse the 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 tiers at too fast too forever.com we also have an email address Family at cageclub.me and Joe. The the mailbags have uh, the the floodgates have opened a little we're, bit. We're finally getting our mail. They got our change of address form or something. Yes. Okay. I cool. think so. So we're going to. I'm going to save this one for last. So we have. I'm going to do Alex's first because he is the the man of the hour, so to speak. So absolutely. First, uh, first. Subject line: Red line. Okay. 
I highly recommend everyone who hasn't watched Redline before listening to the back half of this episode, pause this podcast and go watch it. Joey and Joe are not going to do anything that makes you want to watch it either, but anyone who (laughs) complains about the Fast and Furious movies being not good obviously hasn't seen this movie. I think it's bad, and I own at least one copy of it. Buckle the fuck up, Alex. That is a very, very good point that he makes, and I cannot argue against that, that anybody that says, like, oh... Uh, the first thing that I was thinking when I was watching it, not to get into it yet, but like, wow, we always say, look at all these butts in Fast and the Furious. Nowhere uh-huh. near as much butts as you could have that I learned today. We are going to talk all about that, butts and all, after the break. But then he responds to the email okay, and says, the only person I let trim my beard left the only place I've ever known her to work. I reached out to find out where she she went. She said Red Line Barber Shop. Not Ooh. sure if it's a good one or the bad one. Might have to find a new one. So, <laughs> that's that. The the male dedication to their like hairstylist versus generally the females that I know have like a lot of freedom with their hairstylists is really funny to me. Well, this seems like Alex has uh, some pickiness, but uh, I no, appreciate it's it. It's like everybody that I know is like, dude, like if you cheat on your barber. It's over. There's one person that cuts your hair, and that's it. And they just follow them around. But yeah. it, it's just a weird thing, man. That's cool, though. I I've hope been trying to find somebody who, like, because I don't have, like, a ton of hair to work with. So I'm trying to find somebody who's not, like, $40 for a haircut that, like, isn't crazy far away. And I keep finding these, like, weird, weird people. Like, I don't know. Just It, it was a good year to decide on this, though. I hope you've been... You've been I tried like four or five different ones, and I have not found a good one yet. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep going. I mean, I found a good one, but it's like it's expensive. So uh, we'll find out. We'll see. But I'm saying, like, you know, in pandemic year, like this was the sure. fucking best time to go sow your seeds, if you might. Our next email is from Wells Lamont. Subject line: Weirdest, stupidest email ever. I'm sorry. I doubt it, Wells. I'm sure that you've written weirder and stupider. Almost certainly. He says, I don't remember the context of half the things I've written in this email due to writing them a month ago and never sending it. Sounds on brand, yeah. They couldn't do the Gallo 12, Gallo 24 bit from 2F2F if the dude was sipping on a drink from Pizza Hut or Little Caesars. What do you think is better for my engine, a Pizza Hut 12 or a Pizza Hut 24? (laughs) What's better for my engine, an extra large or a large? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. True Burger, he says, hella good. Great garlic fries. Shooky has great taste. Shooky? Drea, maybe? No, he wrote this before that episode came out. Okay. Who's Shooky? Who's her past guests? That would have been Shooky, possibly Shooky. What the? F- I have no. I have no idea. Maybe it was just like a typo, just autocorrected to Shooky. Maybe I don't know. Why was Shooky in your phone, Wells? I'm not sure if. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. These notes I took are from so long ago. You probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, <laughs> as you just heard, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Who the fuck is Shooky? Juhi, maybe? Probably Juhi. Yeah. Likely. Oh, because she's in the Bay Area. Yeah, that there we go. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Boy, took a while to get there, but we're there. I like Shooky. that we went Shooky. It, it was, she, they gave her a little, like, Jersey Shore spice on that. Yeah, I'm going to message her on Instagram right now. <laughs> Said a listener just wrote into our show and called you Shooky. He misheard your name and couldn't read his notes, but in case you need a new name, go with God. So, <laughs> let's see. I have this theory that Ludacris is actually dead died when he hit the wall going a buck 20 as any human would unfortunately i don't remember any more of this theory but i did plan on finishing it out at the time (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah your brain is so beautiful my friend yeah that's great (laughs) 
what a great minute with the Brian and Rome fight. Great to hear it without visuals. Even though I've watched the scene a hundred times, it painted a different picture in my head. There's a few certain minutes I can't wait to get to. I'll let you know when we're there. No, I do. I, I like listening to um, the intros of the shows and when you clip in the minute, um, it's a different experience, like just hearing the audio of it, right? Like you yeah. kind of like play it in your head and... You know, there's definitely parts you definitely remember, and there's parts that you're like, what was really happening there? So it's cool to see. Thanks, Justin, for the update on the Dominican beer. Good to know it. Good to know, and it makes perfect sense. It does. I had to erase two-thirds of this email because I couldn't remember anything, and it was all unfinished notes. I've never been this busy in my life. I went from working 20 hours a week to working 60-plus. My life has been turned upside down. I have to plan and schedule things, and it's way more than I'm capable of. (laughs) On top of all that, the mechanic killed my radio, so now I'm back to having to listen to the podcast on my phone, it's hard to hear driving around. I do what I can. I'm almost all caught up, but it's been difficult to write in. I feel like a jerk. Most of my Twittering is at red lights now. And I make people honk at me every time the light turns green. I'm the worst person ever. Anyway, enough of my stupid life story complaining. I'll try to do better. LOL. Well, I did see, Wells, that you tweeted a nice customer recommendation about you the other day. And I just want to say congrats congrats on your nice customer recommendation. That's awesome. Your hard work must be paying off. So that's great for you. He says, P.S. Joe, not sure if you've seen F-Boy Island on HBO Max. I've told you to watch it. Did you watch that yet with Nikki Glaser? F-Boy Island? No, we watched the first episode, and then we were, like, sucked into... Look, Prison Girlfriends runs my life right now, which is actually called Love After Lockup. Um, I call it Prison Girlfriends. It's called Love After Lockup, and that show is pure chaos. I highly recommend it to anyone else. It's people that, you know, have prison pen pals that, like, then they come out of prison and try to live together. It goes about as well as you can imagine. So I've been watching a lot of that. So no, I did not watch F-Boy Island on HBO. He says it's trashy AF and you might enjoy it. I have been. Yeah, I, it's, it's on my to-do list. I promise it is. It says PS2. I bought a portable speaker on Amazon. It's supposed to be super loud. So my radio woes will be fixed and I'll be able to blast you guys on my roots. Okay, <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Cool. And uh, he says, okay, bros, hopefully I'll chime in soon. I'll catch you on the other side. Wells. Well, hello from the other side if you're Tom Brady playing the Bucks this weekend, or playing the Pates, Pates, Pats, Pats. Our next email from Jerry, subject line, an update. Okay, what's up, Jerry? How have you been? says, hey, guys, it's been a long time for an update. As of today, the 29th, which is today as we're recording this, it's Ileana's birthday. Happy birthday, Happy Ileana. birthday, Ileana. This weekend, we're going to a comedy show with Joe Coy. I highly recommend going to a show. Uh, do you know yeah. Joe Coy? Yes, I do know the comedian Joe Coy. I can't picture his face, but I've definitely watched some stand-up of Joe Coy. He's got a Netflix special, looks like, called Live from Seattle. Yes. They play him all the time on comedy radio on Pandora, and Rachel and I listen to that a lot when we're on long drives, like in between audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And they play Joe Coy jokes all the time. Like, yeah, he, he does impressions of his mom all the time. He's really funny. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Says after that we're driving to Disneyland for a few days, then gonna see some lights in LA, Walk cool. of Fame. Uh, see some sights in LA. Walk of Fame, LA Zoo, LA Tar Pits. I've been to Librea Tar Pits, it's cool. Cool. She's my ride or die. Going to sports now, go Giants, still being two games ahead of the Dodgers. Joe too, that stiff arm Najee Harris did on the Raiders yes. was nasty, like he studied Derrick Henry from the Titans. Yeah, I saw that. That was when and it was the on the kid from um the Raiders Abrams that remember he was on Hard Knocks last year. Like the rookie that got injured pretty early in the season. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was like the Salmon Salmon one. Did you know that they're doing an in-season Hard Knocks? Yes, on the Colts. With the Colts? Yeah. Yep. I, think, I think it starts like in November, I want to say. It's going to be mid- weird. Well, so there there was a show on Amazon called All or Nothing. 
Yeah. Very cool. It was basically in-season Hard Knocks, but I, you know, I like the Hard Knocks thing better, and I always like the uh, in-season, because it's, it's it's cooler. Like, I don't, the, the, I think it I'd be worried more. as a coach. I, I agree. I think it definitely means a lot more, and it, it, will, it won't be, like, following the story of, like, kids getting cut, but at the same time, like, as a coach, I would be like, get these cameras the fuck yeah. out of my building. On the note of the Colts, though, uh, Pat McAfee show, they've been calling him two sprains for the past, like, two weeks because he sprained both of his ankles so instead no. of did you did you hear this he sprained both of his ankles on the same play carson wentz sprained oh, both no, of his ankles not. on the same play so they've been calling him two sprains like well it's just... like you know uh, years ago when uh, the yankees had masahiro tanaka and i had him on my fantasy team he you know in the nl as you know pitchers have to bat yeah and he somehow pulled both of his calf muscles on the same play while running the bases. It's like, <laughs> what is happening? So, you know, unfortunate, whatever, but uh, yeah, it, it happens sometimes, man. It does, yeah. Jerry says, speaking of injuries, recently I got hurt at work and bent my thumb so bad it swelled up, bruised, and turned red. As Ugh. of now, swelling's gone down. I'm not in as much pain. Good. This is now for your Furious 7 episode, which was last week. Tyrese should buy that house Carter owned in 2F2F and do a video like, told you he won't be out. Now I got his house. Now I need my hot number two. That's also a cop. Hashtag, if you know, you know. <laughs> so I wanted him to buy it in real life, and he wants him to buy him in the uh, in the movie, which is also cool. And then and then Carter Verone gets out, comes back to his house, and he's like, oh, shit. Like, he just, like, opens the door. And, like, that's how the movie ends. He sees Carter Verone, and, and he's, like, holding his bag, his, like, prison bag. Yeah. He thinks it's, like, a delivery. He thinks it's, like, Postmates or something. Yeah. It's exactly Carter Verone home. Yeah. Okay. He, like, or, he orders, like, a case of champagne because he has girls in the house. And he's, like, oh, I think the champagne's here. And it opens the door. It's just Carter Verone standing there. It's almost, like, the same level of intensity as Statham showing up in the credits of exactly. Nine. But uh, it may be even more intense, to be honest. Might be. If I was a director and I had fighting scenes, definitely calling Joni, I'm definitely calling Tony Ja. That's all I need. He would have destroyed Paul. Mm-hmm. Him and Donnie Yen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Jacob knows where Dom is at during the movie, but keeping his distance from another country until Cypher decided to pull him in. Just saying short hair Cypher is hotter. Ooh, you go short hair Cypher. He says, I won't do any more car picks until you guys finish the rest. Then I'll send a fleet of cars I like. I have been... Or fleet of cars like I have been. I have four cars ready for now. Got to go back to work, be fast, and never last. Well, thank you, Jerry, for writing. And I want to give you a quick update. We did not do one last episode because Joe and I sort of decided on like episodes where we're like it's it's a first time new new guest where we're doing sometimes like a like, million other things. I don't know if you hear it because Joey edits it well, but sometimes they're like. Ugh. <laughs> I think for sure. I think Drea would have would have played she with would've. us. Yeah. But also, you know, when we're asking her like her rankings, and she did such a thorough, detailed, awesome job of the rankings. And then also the, you know, all the either ors and all this and that, whatever. Like, I just, you know, it's it's another thing that I didn't want to. So I, I, I didn't want to snub you because, like you said, there's a bunch of yours still in there. But we'll do one, you know, next week we got Fate of the Furious with a returning guest. Fuck yeah. So we will do it with him. So, you know, yeah. But thank you for that. And we will, I look forward to your, your fleet of cars in the future. Ooh, I hope that I hope that one day you own the whole fleet. So his last set of emails is from Jenny McMullen. I saved this because I read this and I responded to her and it's a little sad, sort of, called Last Ride. Hi guys, just listen to see you again for inspiration to write this email. I got a new job with no commute and no possibility of listening to podcasts during work hours. I'm going to have to give up most of them and yours is one of the most difficult because you do feel like family after all these years, hours, and episodes. I've really enjoyed getting to know you and being a part of it all, and I'll miss you. I start my new job on October 4th. I'm going to be 
going from a super casual office 45 miles from home where I can cuss like the truck drivers I work with <laughs> to the super, prof- super professional insurance agency we've been with for over 20 years. Many reasons for the change, but it's a step up, and I'm confident I will become an integral part of my new team. So signing off with, quote, we've come a long way from where we began. I'll tell you all about it when I see Ooh. you again. Thanks for everything, Jenny. Well, congrats, Jenny, first of all. There's nothing to be sad about. I'm very happy for you that you no longer have a long commute and you're moving up. Uh, that's awesome. Positive things. I'm sad that you won't be listening, but we'll never forget you. Congrats, right? And if you feel like it sometimes. Yes. So I sent her back an email and said, the door's always open. There's always a Corona yeah. for you. And she said, thanks. I'm more of a fruity or whatever's cheapest kind of gal. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't wait for the mailbag to read this or did you? And then I emailed a little bit back and forth about how like sometimes I skim the emails and like yeah. the subject line intrigued me and whatever. So, but then she Go emails ahead. and says one more. She says, hi guys, Drea was an awesome guest. I definitely agree with her on the beer parts. It's just too bitter for me, but I do like Red's Wicked Apple Ale and most hard ciders would become very popular, especially here in Oregon. Yep. I really like how all your different guests have their own takes and that 200 episodes in, you're still noticing things. Well, Friday is my last 100 mile day and I'll be driving 15 blocks at a time for work. Maybe I'll just listen to the intros. Who knows? One thing I know for sure is that WTF with Mark Merrill will make the cut. He's my walking buddy. Well, I'll keep on driving like the wind blows later, Jenny. I'm I'm happy for her, man. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. I hope that, yeah, if you catch some intros, but like I said, hopefully you just shoot us an email that we don't even have to read. Just be like, hey, work is good. Life is good. Thank yeah. you. Also, if you even hear this, who knows? I don't yeah, know. If you don't, that's also fine. And I'm still happy for you. And congrats. Uh, that's all the emails for today, family at cageclub.me. And just so Jenny knows and everybody else knows, these episodes are never going to go behind a paywall or anything like that. So, And if they do, and you're, you've been here from the beginning, we'll take care of you. But never going to go away. So if you're like, I don't have time to listen now, whether you're Wells or you're Jerry with a busted thumb or you're Jenny with a new job or whatever, <laughs> just, you know, save them up, listen whenever you can. There's... It almost, there almost could not be a less timely podcast, right? Like, the intros are somewhat timely, but, like, it doesn't matter. Yep. And then, you know, it's literally the same things on repeat forever, right? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of nothing at all, we have a store, too fast, too forever dot shop. if you want to share your fandom with the world. Ooh. We got to come up with a new design. We had, another, we, had a, we had a design in mind, and then it became much more expensive to do than I wanted to do. And I was just like, oh, we're, we're, we're not yes. going to do that. So, you know. That happens sometimes. It really does. But I'm sure with the uh, Black Friday, so I just saw a thing today that Target is doing a their first um, holiday shopping sale October 10th. And I'm like, that seems Ooh. early. But with all those coming up, there's lots of times for T Public or whatever site we have, T Public, I think, yeah. to uh, have things on sale. So if you if it's not on sale today, wait five minutes and it might be on sale then. So I got I got an idea that is your idea that I'm stealing, but I think that we could get my buddy to do for us for a design. And it was something that we talked about before, but we could just get him to draw like a custom one. We uh, There's two ideas that we could do. One of which we talked to, which we'll probably do with yeah. him. And then one that I think I could probably just sort of Photoshop. They're, they're not better ideas than what we have now. They're just more ideas. Yes, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Important to note. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Have you seen anything in the last week? Because I don't think that I have. No, and even the commercials have gone away from like, see it on, buy it on Blu-ray. Like they're yeah. already done, so... Oh, I did. I tweeted this, but uh, Jordana Brewster is on The Other Two, an episode of The Other Two on HBO Max as herself, oh, yeah. and it's very, very, very funny. 
Um, what is the other two? Because Kevo was really excited about it. So the other two was a show that was on Comedy Central like two years ago, maybe. And okay. then it didn't get canceled, but it was just like, we don't know what season two is going to be. And then HBO Max like acquired it or whatever. And okay. so they renewed it for season two. And they did a season that just ended. And then they just renewed it for season three. But it's... A comedy, I'm guessing. If it it's a comedy. It's a sitcom. It's a half hour sitcom where it's the older siblings of sort of like a Justin Bieber type, like oh. teen heartthrob singer who becomes like immediately famous or whatever. They're the other two kids. Was it the sister? Was it three sisters? No, it's That's two. It, the, okay. It's it. No. Uh, okay. But one of the, like the older brother is from Comedy Bang Bang. He's great on there, so that's why I watched it in the first place. Okay. And Jordana Brewster is in season two, um, so I recommend that uh, first season also on HBO Max. But um, yeah, Jordana Brewster, I think it's like season two, episode seven or eight or something. So cool. yeah, it's very funny. So that's yeah, that. we love Jordana Brewster. Good, good job getting work, lady. Joe, the final thing to do before we take a break and talk about Redline is the Fast and the Furious minute, minute twenty nine, a minute I called Enter Carter Verone. <laughs> I'm serious now. Handle your business, I handle mine. Wait one sec. Watch your hands, bruh. You boy cooking? Go in line. Let's go. Drivers are here. Good. Come on. Stay. Spreading a key. Thank you for coming on such short notice. My red Ferrari was confiscated yesterday, and it sits in an impound lot in Little Haiti. It's about 20 miles from here. In this minute, Brian and Roman approach Carter Verone's house and get patted down by Carter's guards. Monica enters the house and tells Carter, who's watching security footage, that the drivers are here. Enrique and Roberto assemble the drivers outside Carter's house. Carter begins to explain why they're there, that a car of his was confiscated and impounded as the minute ends. So we had heard about Carter Verone earlier. Yes. Bilkins and Tanner give the info, or not Tanner, but Bilkins and Markham give the update on him. They're like, this is Carter Verone, blah, blah, blah. But here we are. We're hearing from the man himself, which is very cool. He slaps Monica's ass in a way that feels awkward, like it wouldn't happen, but it's like captured for like, did you notice? Like I made a note of that, but like he slaps her on the left side with the left hand, which feels like it's just there for the camera because it feels, I don't know. Because the camera's from the the other side, like from that side. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. But again, sexualization, the uh, poor degradation of you know, Miss Eva Mendez's character. But. I just, I don't think that that would ha- like ever happen to her in real life. She well, seems like a woman that would just like not take that at all. I mean, so. Which I guess you know, plays in, into in, the character, right? In in Hollywood, it would happen because Hollywood yeah. is terrible. But, you know, in, you know, now that she is Eva Mendez with capital E, capital M, uh, you know, it might not, who knows? I don't know. It just, Hollywood is filled with men like Carter Verona is the point I'm trying to say, yeah, right? But that's fair. Just very quickly, and then I want to hear what you have to say. So Cole Hauser plays Carter Verone, best known for this, for Dazed and Confused, which I did not know he was in. He plays Benny, Goodwill Hunting, a TV show called Rogue. Uh, but the the 
cool thing that I found is that he is in Pitch Black with Vin Diesel. So he That's has, really cool. So Vin Diesel not in this movie, obviously, but he plays alongside Vin Diesel. He also comes back for the video game The Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. So Carter Verone has a Dominic Toretto connection, even though he's in a movie without the only movie in the canonical. No, yeah, the only movie in the canonical main franchise without Tom, right? So yeah. I have a couple other things, but before I do that, what did you notice? Because there's a lot going on in Carter Verone's office and house and outside and all that sort of stuff. As they were walking in this time, I noticed that there was something written on the top of the gate. And this is what I kind of messaged you about. I wanted to see what it was. So like I went back and rewatched the past minute and it says S-I-N-E star M-E-T-V. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, wonder what that is. Because um, there's like two horses above a crest and then it says that underneath. And I was like, I bet that that's like actually S-I-N-E-M-E-T-U. So I was like, I'm going to Google that, see what it says. Oh, like Latin, like old timey. Yeah, okay. Yes. It is a Latin phrase. And the Latin phrase means without fear. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Little, little nugget. I'm sure that it was on the house. They didn't like put that there, but very cool. And it's also the slogan of Jameson Whiskey. Cool. I thought was very, very interesting. So I was like, okay, cool. But then we get inside Carter Verone, what, I, what I'm calling is Carter Verone's office. It kind of seems like it might be his office with the security things. One of the first things you see is in like a millisecond, <laughs> there is an easel with a painting on it, which you yes. nicely, mm-hmm. you know, marked. It's a picture of a matador and a bull yep. and it's bullfighting. And then it changes and swaps to a display that shows the cameras that are a duplicate of a screen that he has yes. in front of him, which I'm guessing is on his desk. Because, and he's standing, so it's kind of weird, but... Well, so so that... I don't know if that technology actually existed back then, like the the art. That is something that Samsung is, like, actively trying to do. Like, they've shown off at CES last couple of years. It's like, hey, here's a TV that, like, when it's off, looks like a painting on your wall. So, like, yes. 20 years later, they're doing Too Fast, Too Furious technology. But I think that what it looks like from me watching this so many times... Like a screensaver? Yeah, it looks like it was a second display that mm-hmm. has essentially a screensaver that is decorated with a frame and makes it look like it's just standing on an easel, but it's really like just a TV that they yeah. just put like a frame Possibly. around. It's cool, though. It's fucking cool. It's really, really cool. I agree. You made note of it that all of the cameras are zoned very fucking goofy. It makes no sense. The camera's one through eight numbered, but it's 1A, 1B, 2A, then 2C, then A4, (laughs) then B1, then B2, B3. It's like, what? Like, you know, the security system I have here, like, the just, like, the guy just named the thing. So, like, it could just be like that, but, like, it feels like this is, they're not real. I don't know. It's just like, what? What What are you doing? Yeah, it's not even, like, pool one, pool two, or, like, even if it's, like, even then they switch his letters and numbers. Like, what the fuck? Okay, it doesn't make any sense. Bunch of plants. The doorway that Monica Fuentes is standing in has four separate exits. So you could open those all up and be, like, full airflow, which I thought was kind of cool. In that, like, entryway where he smacks her ass, there's a painting of a pelican drinking on the wall, which I thought was kind of interesting. Then we get outside. Okay, so one of, like, my guilty pleasure shows that I don't think I've ever talked about on here is, um, fuck, it's called, like... Prison Girlfriends. No, no, it's called like Extreme Pools. Have I ever told you about this? No. Okay, so there's this show on like 
either History Channel or Discovery Channel, one of these. And it's, there's this guy, and his name's like some like Sean Lucas or something. It's something Lucas. I don't think it's Sean. I think you're saying Lucas Black plays Sean. I think that's why Sean no. Lucas is in <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I know that part. But anyways, Lucas is part of his name. And it's like Lucas is his last name because I thought that was weird. He designs pools and grottos. Like, he, like, builds, like, you know, like, waterfalls in people's backyards and stuff, and they pay, like, fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars for these pools. So it's, like, a really brain-mush-type show, but it's fun to watch. And then at the end of every episode, and the weirdest thing ever, he, like, swims in their pool at a party they have to open the pool. So he's like, part of my fee is you letting me swim in your pool when you have a that's what we, party. That's what we don't know. So like, but like, they'll be like, okay, like we invited all of our friends and family over and like the grandkids are here. And then you just see him like swim past. Like, you're like, does he get to swim in every pool? Like, does he need very to? Very weird. It's very strange. Or he'll do like a cannonball. And he's always on like a weird, like opposite side of the pool. Like he's like not even like with them. He's just kind of like swimming in their pool too it's it's so strange anyways the show's cool it reminded me of that there's a big ass grotto there's like this walking bridge and then the pool's behind it i'm sure we're gonna get a better shot of the pool when monica's there and you know that's the like what did you do this morning i was with my girlfriends whatever whatever but the other thing that's interesting is i never really noticed it but i noticed it now watching this minute is that they have that like walking bridge that goes like past the grotto up to the pool right because on like another kind of like level when Carter Verone, like, they make them all wait, and it seems like they're waiting, like, underneath him. Like, they, like, pause, like, all the drivers. And then he comes, and the shot is from, like, above looking down, and then you see, like, his head above them. And that's just because he's on this fucking weird walkway that I never noticed existed. Like, it finally made sense in my brain, like, why he's standing kind of above them and, like, pontificating to them downwardly. You know what sure. I mean? Yep, mm-hmm. That was the cool stuff. I have some other notes and stuff in there, but that was like the main cool stuff that I noticed. Cool. Is there something else I wanted to say about this minute or no? No, the, the, the other, there's another, there's another new guy in this minute that is maybe Jose, this guy plays named Jose Perez, who plays a character named Jose. I think that's probably based on like how IMDb is structured, like who pats down Brian and Roman, but like, I don't know. He's yeah, and there's, like, thing, that guy so. that kind of, like, walks through his office in front of him. Yeah, it's hard because, like, there's still a handful of drivers that, like, I think I know who they are on IMDb, but, like, I don't know if we know the character names or whatever, so I don't know. Whatever. We'll figure it out when we fail. Uh, who knows? Yeah. So the trivia question, I have two. One, I think, is very—I have three, actually. You do? I think the first one's too easy. I like the I second one. I agree. The third one is, as you talked about, very difficult, and I think that kind of covers, in a sort of way, your fourth question. So there's tidbits of this minute I liked, and I thought that that was a way to make your third question easier, like to not make it so hard and nitpicky, but also include all that stuff. Is what I see I what you're doing, but I also don't know that like it's zoned wacky. So, okay, keeping in mind, this is not a movie that people pause to watch, right? So like, Yeah. Bullfighter and Bull is very difficult as it is. It's very it's difficult. It's on the easel is also difficult. It's zoned wacky AF is also difficult. Like, it, these are not the things that people are really paying attention to. So I think, I get what you're doing. I think that both three and four are just probably too hard. I think that the way to, to include that is that, like, the display is disguised as a painting on an eagle, on an easel. It's, like, we don't have to say Bullfighter and Bull is, like, the painting, but it's, dis- like, what is interesting about Carter Verone's security oh. system get what i'm saying okay. that's kind yeah. of what i was trying to do so i'm gonna i'm gonna for sure get rid of the first question which is which is carter Verone, which of carter Verone's cars was confiscated and impounded i'm gonna get rid of that one yep 
because we see it later anyways. We might need that question later. I just think it's too. I think I think I I like the modified version that you have of where we wound up. I just I still think it's kind of too hard. Okay, I think that makes sense. I think we just go with where is the impound lot that Carter's confiscated car is located. The answer is a little Haiti, but we just need three other locations, which is also like not that it's easy, but it's like he says a thing, right? As opposed to like I don't even remember fucking seeing a security system. Uh, that's also very very likely possible. Coral Gables. Okay. Let's do maps of Miami. South Beach, right? Okay, and we need—I need one more little. We could do a little something. Little China. Mm. Wasn't that like a part of like Vice City? Wasn't Little Chinatown like actually part of Vice City? You know what I mean? Little Havana is—is is, that's where it is, right? That's much better because that's also close. Little Havana and actually a part of Miami. So minute twenty-nine. See that question? We just made that question so hard. I know, but like, I think it's still, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's still more fair. Yeah. Than the alternative. But that's fucking hard, man. Oh, I don't disagree. Ugh. But where is the impound lot that Carter Verone's confiscated car is located? Coral Gables, Little Haiti, Little Havana, or South Beach? The answer is, of course, to anybody who's seen this movie, <laughs> Little Haiti. I'm s- this I'm definitely getting wrong. Good oh. luck, everybody. Yeah, good luck. This is question number 31. So we're getting close, I think, at a time where people could, you know. Start taking the quiz. Yeah, I think about 50 is about a good place to start. I mean, obviously, take it whatever you want, but... And that's for... Nobody has taken this quiz yet, and the link, I think, is embedded in the pinned post on TooFast2Forever.com, so if you want to take it, you can. Yeah. But 31 questions, 29 minutes, minute 29, enter, Carter Verone. Exit light. Let's take a break, and let us come back and talk about Alex Ellen's pick, Redline. This episode is brought to you by Jacobs Entertainment Incorporated with more than 2,000 employees and a long-tenured management team. Their experience in real estate, gaming development, financing, leasing, and operations establishes them as one of the most committed industry leaders with a reputation for quality. Shout out to Jacobs Entertainment. Well, shout out to Jacobs, and I guess shout out to Alex. So, okay. Okay. This movie is not good. There's, uh, It's objectively bad. It's objectively bad, yeah. I think if it was worse, it would be better. I do greatly agree with you. I was going to ask you how you felt about it. I think it's just incompetent in a lot (laughs) of ways. Okay. Considering the behind the scenes. So, okay. So I told you, I mean, not that you normally do a lot of research before, like when we watch a movie, you sort of just like watch the movie going blind, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like this had been built up a little bit by, you know, me saying things and Alex saying things. And I wanted to make sure you didn't like, why, like what do people think about this or whatever? Like there's a curiosity. So, I was looking at IMDb. So, okay, hold on. Here, Here is the letterbox summary. And I'm also going to read some of the wiki plot because the wiki <laughs> plot okay. makes it sound like Mad Libs action movies. Okay. Which it kind of is. But we'll get there it in a second. It kind of so is. Here's, here's the letterbox and I think also maybe IMDb plot summary. A gorgeous young automobile fanatic and front to the hottest unsigned band on the West Coast, finds herself caught up in an illegal drag racing competitions, plural, organized by exotic car fanatics, no period. So, yeah, 
sure. Uh, that is sort of what this is about. So I'm looking at IMDb, and I'm like, there's like no trivia. I'm like, this movie has somewhat of a reputation, and I feel like there would be there'd be a lot to talk about. So I'm just like, this is kind of underwhelming. It's directed by this guy, Andy Cheng, who's mostly a stunt guy. He did stunts on Rush Hour. He did stunts on Shanghai Noon. He did stunts on the new Shang-Chi movie. Like, wow. It's, he's he's okay. a stunt dude. Okay. We had a director here, right? Okay. There's another cool thing in the tri- on IMDb trivia about how when Natasha, who's the main character, maybe, question mark, we'll talk about that. That's what I want to talk. Okay, good. I'm glad that you said that. Thank you. Yeah. She's, like, thinking about the crash that killed her father, which is a very Dom Toretto thing, right? Very, very Toretto, yes. And she sees, like, this newspaper headline, and she sees it in color, and the car is, like, tumbling. Oh, this was... Oh, by the way, this is not in the IMDb trivia. I had to go to IMDb Connections, because I'm like, is there a Fast and Furious thing that they do? No, there's not. Like, this movie is basically aping Fast and Furious and does not acknowledge Fast and Furious. No. It's just like, hey, it's car culture. It's like, okay. So I was just like, I wonder if there's something that I'm missing. Your dad dying in a race is just car culture. Yeah. In the IMDb Connections, which is ties to other movies, they say that on the top of her dad's car, there is writing, which I can see, because I saw this before I saw the scene, that says Cole Trickle. Do you know who Cole Trickle is? No, no idea. Colt Trickle is Tom Cruise's character in the movie Days of Thunder, where he plays a NASCAR driver. So I don't know if this is implying that Tom Cruise is this woman's father who died. He does not die in the movie. Oh, even weirder. Okay. Or that this guy is just using this car or it's just like a a goof or whatever. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's kind of interesting. I think it was trying to be a deep homage slash Easter egg. And uh, I didn't notice it. No, it's, 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 it's supremely weird. So (laughs) the other IMDb trivia is about like the cars in this movie and the cars in this movie that were donated by the, the screenwriter, this guy, Daniel Sadek, Sadek, S-A-D-E-K. I'll just call him Sadek. Okay. The wiki, very illuminating on this guy. But what I have here is that this guy donated to the movie, uh, Porsche Carrera GT to be destroyed. Just like, yeah, one of my cars. Fucking blow it up. Who gives a shit? Which is now worth so much money and, you know, the car that killed Paul Walker, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. So there's also Eddie Griffin, who plays Infamous in this yes. movie. Yeah. Everybody in this movie looks like someone who's more famous from another movie. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Where yep. I'm like, is that? Oh, it's not. It's no- <laughs> nobody. Every time you think it's somebody, it's not them. Eddie yep. Griffin is kind of known um he, he's this is one of the things he's you know most known for no way no come on he on imdb like to- no on imdb <gasps> is one of his top four believe it or not that's insane no but he's like he was always in like comedy shows and like i feel like he's buddy with cat williams or something right like weren't they always like doing like comedy tours together or something i don't know now it's not there maybe it changed maybe i missed he, he's best known for a star is born where he plays pastor and then oh. a couple of his stand-up specials and also a movie called The Comeback Trail. He's like, he's the one guy that you get, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was the most famous actor in this movie, by yes. my eyes. Also, maybe the star of the movie. Unclear. That, that was something that I'm so glad you keep saying, because as I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm halfway through the film, and I look at Rachel and I go, who is the hero? Yep. Because mm-hmm. we hadn't decided yet. Well, because the movie hadn't decided. That. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what. I, that's what I, not what. Not we as in us. Us as the viewer. I'm saying communitively, we. Nobody yes. watching and nobody making this movie had decided yet either. Because the so, 
I'm not exactly following the plot of the movie because it's not exactly laid out fine, but I'm also like, who's the star? Who should I really be caring about? Is it, is it Eddie Griffin? Is it Natasha? The young is blonde it, kid. I thought it was gotta be the, the young blonde, blonde kid? kid. Is it the kid who comes back from war? Is it the older guy who is just like the, the millionaire? Unclear. And then eventually it kind of becomes more so Natasha's movie, but we'll, we'll get there. Yes, okay. But I'm like, okay, so Eddie Griffin, sure, whatever. But we oh. start out... Go ahead. Hold on. There, there's, there, hold on. Okay. I, I, I misread my own notes. So so Eddie Griffin, in promoting this movie, crashed a $1.1 million Enzo Ferrari that belonged oh. to Daniel Sedek uh, into a barricade while promoting this movie. Okay. So he while was promoting. unhurt. Yeah. While promoting. He was, he was driving it to a charity racing event that the, this movie had put together to promote this to promote things, right? Okay. So he crashes this $1.1 million car, does $300,000 in damage. Easy to do when the car is worth $1.1 million. yep. Sure, but still crazy. Insane. People later thought that that was a stunt to just, like, get publicity for the movie. Whether or not that was true, it didn't happen. It didn't help. <laughs> okay. But, so here's here's the Eddie Griffin thing that I, I, I misread or I, I, I forgot on his letterboxed bio, which is culled from the movie database, not internet movie, but the movie database. Okay. It says one of the things he's best known for is crashing this Enzo. And I'm like, that can't possibly be true. <laughs> but sure, let's go with that. That's fine. Not that he's an actor. No. Not, not that, that he's a comedian. comedian. Just like... You know, one, crashing oh. a car. Eddie Edward Eddie Griffin is an American actor and comedian. He's best known for the sitcom Malcolm and Eddie, along with co-star Malcolm Jamal Warner, and his role in the 2002 comedy film Undercover Brother. He also made headlines in 2007 for crashing a Ferrari Enzo. Jesus that should not be in his bio, but that's the entirety of his bio, so this is something tied to him, right? Yeah, that sucks. Poor guy. So here is, before we talk about the actual movie, because there's more important, like, groundwork to lay to understand what the fuck this movie is. <laughs> okay. So Daniel Sadik, who wrote the story or co-wrote the screenplay or whatever, who has uh, came owns from the country of Lebanon. Cars. Yes, okay. he came from Lebanon. He dropped out of school in third grade, right? Okay. Comes here, works at gas stations, works at car dealerships. While he's at a dealership, he sees all these mortgage brokers buying these Mercedes Benzes, and he's just like, "I'm going to do that." So he gets into the real estate business and sets up a company called Quick Loan Funding in 2002. Okay. So Quick Loan Funding quickly becomes one of the biggest perpetrators in the subprime mortgage loan <laughs> lending crisis. The big short. Yes, exactly. So for people <laughs> okay. who don't know what subprime loans are, it's basically <laughs> the, the simplest way you can describe it is that people who don't have credit scores worthy to buy a house, these companies were like, oh, yeah, fuck, fuck it. it. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a big loan for a big ass house. But the interest rate is going to be crazy. And so all these people understandably so, when they could not afford their $5,000 mortgage, uh, defaulted on their loans, and the housing market collapsed. And also, they were, like, they were, like, set to, like, they were, like, variable interest rates, so, like, they could change. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, like, at one point, it was, like, oh, whatever loan we gave you is not your loan price anymore. Like, these aren't fixed-rate mortgages, so, like, they just, like, skyrocketed, and then all these people defaulted, and, you know, Christian Bale made a ton of money. So that's what happened. By 2007, five years after he sets up this company, they'd approved $4 billion worth of these mortgages, and he was making, <laughs> personally, not the company, he was making $5 million a month. Dude, okay? That sounds fair, yeah. So then he goes and buys several houses in Southern California, Las Vegas. He starts buying all these supercars because he has more money than he knows what to do with. He's just spending all this money, right? This is why I can't, this is why I, Jesus will never let me be rich, because I would do the same shit. 
During this time, he's engaged to a soap opera actress, Nadia Borlin, who, who also is? happens to be the star of this movie. <laughs> no shit. So he's like, hey, you deserve to be a movie star. I'm going to write a movie, and you're going to be the star of it, and we're going to get this made. So this is big Tommy Wiseau energy right here. This is Tommy Wiseau without any of the endearing characteristics. Like, Tommy <laughs> Wiseau is a fuck-up, but, like, sweet and kind of just like, I don't understand how you're happening. This is just like, oh, no, this guy is preying on poor people <laughs> and using the money to, like, make his mo- make a girlfriend, make his fiancé into a movie star, right? Okay. Are they still married by any chance? Do they ever I don't get think married? so, based on what's about to come. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going. So this movie opens in theaters, and it is not only a critical failure, but a box office bomb, okay? <laughs> Disaster, I'm sure, yeah. Budget was $26 million. It grosses $4 million in its opening weekend, which all in all, not nothing, but, you know, lost 20, a ton of money. 22 in the hole. Like, it's not great. Six weeks in theaters, it makes a total of $7 million. All you gotta do is work for three more months, and he's getting this money back. Don't worry about it. Well, you know, this is also around the time of the crash, so <laughs> I you know, know. He really, the time is not on his side. <laughs> Definitely not. I don't know how this comes into play, but Cartoon Network sues this guy for almost a million dollars for failing to pay an advertising fee. Okay. CNBC, years after the fact. Yeah. There's a special called House of Cards. Not House of Cards with Kevin Spacey. Not Kevin Spacey, but just House of Cards, okay. like the, the housing collapse, right? Okay, okay. That's the pun. Good. And they say that the crashing in this movie of two half million dollar cars for one scene is a direct example of the excess of the pre-crashed subprime loan market in the mid 2000s. So okay. they're like, this This is what's wrong with America, basically. This guy preying on poor people made enough money that he could smash a million dollars worth of cars and didn't give a fuck. Yes. Yep. So this movie comes out. It's a box office bomb. It's a failure. It has a yep. 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has... <laughs> 0% uh, on Rotten yep. Tomatoes. It has a 24 on Metacritic. Uh, Jalopnik calls it the worst car movie of all time. <laughs> it's just... Everybody hates this fucking movie. Okay. So then this movie comes out. His company crumbles. Obviously. Right? Because they expected this movie to be a hit. They, like, mortgaged, pun intended, I guess, everything... <laughs> They're like, this is going to be a huge hit. We're going to take all this money and we are going to make so much more money. We're going to, you know, the whole, like all of our profits are going to be tied up in this thing. Clearly it doesn't work. No. Film fails. Everything gets worse. Much like the guy, the character in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Little premonition exactly. going on mm-hmm. there. Go Art ahead. imitating life. So then after his company crashes, he loses his escrow and lending licenses and withdraws millions of dollars from his corporate accounts to gamble in Las Vegas. Oh, no fucking way. Are you serious? He then loses all that money. No shit. And gets sued by the Bellagio and Wells Fargo <laughs> over unpaid debts and advances done on gambling resorts worldwide. And then in 2009, because life comes at you pretty fast, declares bankruptcy. And then Vanity Fair lists him as number 86 in the 100 people to blame for the economic crisis, dubbing him, quote, Predator Zero in the subprime (laughs) mortgage game. Live fast. He lived his life a quarter mile at a time. He really did. And it's (laughs) like this movie is not good. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's not good. But the wiki for this is just like, oh, that's all way more fun. I mean, in this movie, yeah. Fun is maybe the wrong word considering that, like. You know what we really need here, bro? We need the fucking disaster artist version of this movie. I don't know who would tell it because it feels like everybody involved is fucking insane. <laughs> but that's what disaster artists 
it felt like. But I feel like Greg Sestero at least does like a decent job of convincing himself or convincing the world that like, I'm kind of a scene. I'm just an actor. Like here, I, I don't, who, Eddie Griffin's not telling that story. <laughs> no, because he's already, he's famously known for smashing the Enzo Ferrari. Right. Maybe the, the woman that's on Days of Our Lives, maybe her, she must have it kind of together, right? Well, that's, that's, you mean his fiance? Yeah, Natasha. Maybe. I don't know. Dude, that's, that's fucking awesome. Like, you know, sometimes I like to hear a good story that reminds me that no matter how bad I'm fucking up, I'm not doing this. And that was one of them. That was a really yeah. fucking good story, dude. Here's what we can do, because we can okay. jump over a little bit. I want to read the plot summary from Wiki, which is kind of long, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intercut it throughout the episode, because, like, again, Mad Libs. So, okay. <laughs> yes. This is verbatim. Okay. And I know it's Wiki. People can do it. And people are not probably not obsessively checking this thing. But just this is how people are like, the simplest way to describe this movie is what I'm about to read. Okay. Natasha Martin is a beautiful auto mechanic and aspiring musician who's invited to join music producer Infamous aboard his private jet en route to Las Vegas in appreciation of her services on his Ford GT, which laying the groundwork. She does such a nice job fixing his car. He's like, hey, yeah, come with me to Las Vegas. By the way, I talk about this to, to Brian all the time, that this happens so many times in Lifetime movies that I'm convinced that like they only get certain actresses to play in Lifetime movies because they'll be like, we'll give you like a musical number or a singing part, and the girl just plays like an aspiring singer so that she can sing on film to possibly have a music career as well. And when I saw that, I was like, this is very Lifetime of them to like have a her be in a band for no reason, play a song at the beginning of this movie for no reason. She's also... A highly skilled race car driver, yep. but is haunted by memories of her father's death at a NASCAR race many years ago. Meanwhile, yes. another side of town, USAF veteran Carlo, returning from, a, returning from a tour of duty in Iraq, meets up with his brother Jason yep. before heading to Vegas themselves. Carlo is not happy that Jason is living with their mob boss uncle, Michael DiRazio, <laughs> yep. whom he blames for their family's destruction. They are he unaware does. that Michael has been running an unsuccessful counterfeiting ring and owes millions of dollars to another <laughs> yep. syndicate led by, quote, the Godfather. So, okay, in the first paragraph of this movie summary... We got a beautiful woman who's a killer auto mechanic, a singer. cool rock singer, a NASCAR-level racer. Yes. We've got a guy coming back from Vegas who's living with a mob boss uncle who's counterfeiting money and yes. owes. Like, that's all in, like, he that's like the backstory of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's just, that, yeah, that's the groundwork. On the outskirts of Vegas, a high-stakes race event is being held with Michael Infamous, Hollywood producer Jerry Brecken, which I guess is like Jerry Bruckheimer, maybe, I guess. Probably, yeah. And Chinese businessman Marcus Cheng placing their bets over who has the better car. Which we don't ever find out, like, who those people are. Like, no. I mean, like, the Chinese businessman guy, like, he doesn't, he's just, like, a side character, if anything. Well, it's kind of like in, like, the first Fast and Furious, where there's, like, oh, we need four racers, and, like, there's just one dude we never see again. But this is, like, two or three of these people we just don't give a shit about. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we don't, we have too many characters already, but, like, you know, whatever. Anyway, okay. Yeah. When Infamous's driver fakes an ankle injury, Natasha yes. becomes Infamous's driver in exchange for $300,000 and a recording contract. However, she is unaware that Infamous has to place her on his wager as Michael, who has been obsessed with her since watching her band perform on stage earlier, has placed four platinum bars at stake. What? Yeah. I don't know. At the same time, <laughs> Brecken wagers his brand new Enzo Ferrari on Natasha. That That is true. The The choice of platinum bars... I found very interesting. 
I guess I think it's the kind of like what's cooler than a million dollars, a billion dollars. What's cooler than gold, platinum? <laughs> I think so too. It just was weird. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I know we've been like kind of like mixing it in and saying it, but obviously, like the guy who wrote this movie, who's all the cars, it was like he likes car movies and he's yeah. seen a ton of them. Mm-hmm. He he tried to like Tarantino a car movie, except he's not Tarantino. It's unclear if this guy, like, you could say he likes car movies, but you're also like, he's never seen the movie before in his life. It's like, yeah, I, I could tell. Like, <laughs> yes. it's kind of like, okay, I was thinking about how, you know, when we were in the, the warehouse in the Too Fast Minute a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and we were like, there's just people doing car stuff. Like, they're just like mechanics. waxing down cars. Yeah, like, right? yeah, 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 or like helicopter mechanics. It's like, hold mm-hmm. this wrench next to a helicopter. Like, what the fuck does it matter? The opening scene here, there's just like 12 people standing side by side, like hanging out in a garage doing nothing. It's like, the fuck is this? Like, is this like a music <laughs> video? Like, what are we? Yeah, and it tries to like shoot it like, like the intro to like an Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, trying to pitch, like, this is this guy, and this is this guy, but they, like, don't tell you who they are. Nope. I mean, like, they do. They're, like, you know, you need, like, a quirky one, the famous one, and then, like, the driver. And I was, like, okay, cool. So, like, they're a team. They're going to pull a heist or something. Nope. But they're actually, like, not interconnected for, like, the most – they're just gamblers. Yeah, around. They're just, like, locals, essentially. Just gambling buds. Yep. Playing with the big dogs. Okay, go ahead. Natasha. Parentheses, driving a Mercedes-Benz SLR McLaren, takes on Jason, driving a Lamborghini Diablo. As they approach the finish line, Natasha is several car lanes ahead of Jason. This is where it breaks bad. Real bad. quickly zips past her by engaging the onboard nitrous system, which we get a kind of Fast and Furious through the engine. NOS. Yep. We get a, he, he, flips the, he flips up the thing, hits the NOS. I was like, oh, fuck, yes, we get NOS. And then... Can I, can I take it here for just a sky drive for a second? Well, I will, I'll just say, unfortunately, because of the excessive speed, what happens? The wing of the Lamborghini starts to, to, to sh- rattle, mm-hmm. and it rips off. And because of that, the car just becomes a fucking airplane. Yep. And shoot, the, the front end just lifts up, because the wing was the only thing keeping it down, apparently, at this speed. And it becomes like a hydrofoil, just fucking... Shoots in the air, flips, and then crashes and explodes, and we kill that kid. He's just yeah. dead. Yeah, just Very fucking dead. gone. Halfway through the movie, full tonally, um, what Ghost in the Woods or what, what was that movie that we watched with Ghost that just like the uh, main place char- beyond the pines. Yeah, place mm-hmm. beyond the pines. That we thought he was the main character. He's dead. Spoilers gone. for that movie, but yes. <laughs> Well, yes. What's that movie we watched where Ryan Gosling dies very early? <laughs> well, spoiler for whatever movie it is. We had if you haven't seen Place Beyond the Pines yet, you're either me and we're waiting to watch it for a Ryan Gosling thing, or you're never going to watch Place Beyond yeah, the probably. Pines. Yeah, probably. It's a great movie, though. It is a great movie, but it totally, yeah, it just, nope, main character's dead. We don't have to do that anymore, following a new person. Attempting to avoid the falling Diablo, Natasha crashes on a barrier and is knocked unconscious. Before Carlo can reach Jason to rescue him, the Diablo bursts into flames, killing his brother instantly. Michael's henchmen, dressed as paramedics, again, okay, place (laughs) Natasha in an ambulance and speed off. And then this is where I look down to take a note about the car exploding, and when I looked up again, I didn't know what happened. Yeah, I had to rewind here. I had to rewind a couple times, and like... This is not one where I was like, fuck this movie, I'm not going to pay attention. I paid attention to <laughs> most of this movie. I, not 100% all the time, but like overwhelming. And still, two Got or lost. three times, I had to rewind because I'm like, I don't know what, where, wh- what is, what? I 
missed a couple like things like this and i was like you know what and then i like i was like should i rewind but then i watched like one part that just was like hard cut didn't make sense and i was like probably wouldn't have figured it out anyway so i'm just gonna ride with this so here's what happens. Natasha wakes up in Michael's mansion, realizing she is now his property. Yes. That's not exactly true. That's what he says, but that's not like what... Okay. He also doesn't say like... He, he says like, oh, like you were part of the race and like we're going to fall in love and like everything is yours now. Not like Slave Leia or something, right? Like, right, exactly. He's like... He basically says... What's mine is yours. I think you're amazing and beautiful. We're together now. Yes. But this is all yours now. And, like, that's not good, but it's, like, it could be worse. It could also be much better, but it, <laughs> it could be, be worse. Yes. The main question that I had here was who put her in these skimpy pajamas? Because that was the creepiest part about this. Yes. In that level of creepiness. Sure. She was not wearing skimpy pajamas. She wakes up in his bed wearing skimpy pajamas, and we know that she has been concussed and and unconscious this whole time. Yeah, this woman suffers a brain injury while racing after the guy she's racing against dies, and she wakes up in a stranger's house, ostensibly, in different clothes. In skimpy pajamas. In a bed next to the dude. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He's on top of the blankets, though, so... Yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's t- he's not, he's trying not to creep her out, you know. Like, <laughs> meanwhile, Carlo, who is the brother of the guy who dies in the crash, meets up with an old military friend and picks up some ammunition and gear before riding a Ducati 999 to Michael's <laughs> mansion, intending to kill him. Instead, he rescues Natalie and evades Michael's guards. In response, Michael has them kidnap her mother to blackmail her into driving for him at the next race at Red Rock Canyon in Nevada. After this receiving an ultimatum by the Godfather to pay him $80 million following a botched attempt to giving him counterfeit bills, Michael raises his funds to the upcoming race by borrowing money from the banks using his mansion as collateral. Yes. Again, yes. art imitating life. Art imitating life. Every time I think of a Ducati 999, I think that we were we were in Greece and we met these Australian girls. And I don't know like how this came up, but like she was talking about, she was like, I've done 140 kilometers an hour on a Ducati 999. And we said that for, like, months and months. Of course, how do you not? Yeah. Greece. It was just, like, I mean, she, she was, like, super badass. Like, she could have played a character in a, like, if you just saw her, she was just, like, dark-haired and, like, looked like she could have been a race car driver in a movie. So sure. for her to, deli- like, she said very little, and that was, like, one of, like, four lines she said to us, and we had spent, like, six hours with her. Okay, fair so enough. So it was just wild shit, but okay, I needed to just get that out of my brain. Thank you for indulging me. In the final race, Michael, Brecken, Infamous, and Chang, those are the four guys betting, okay. place their bets for a combined purse of $100 million. Infamous and Chang are eliminated from the race after their cars, an SLR and a Porsche Carrera GT respectively, are involved in separate crashes. During yep. the race, Natasha, driving Michael's Enzo, which I'm assuming is the same car that Eddie Griffin crashes, Probably. receives a phone call from Carlo notifying her that he has rescued her mother. Yes. Who's just like tied up in a bathroom with like a little bit of twine. Yeah, watching another guy work out. Mm-hmm. she's like at the gym and he's just like lifting weights and just and and they tied her so that she has to watch him lift weights yep. which is pretty much like the worst punishment i could ever think of that's yeah, pretty, pretty fucking bad. brutal right yeah yeah while she is several car lanes ahead of brecken celine s7 twin turbo she stops the enzo an inch away from the finish line and gives the s7 the win costing michael the race yes 
With no money left, Michael is given a last ride from the Godfather's henchmen to repay Natasha for handing his driver the victory. Brecken gives her a recording contract, which shortly <laughs> gives her a gold record and lands her on the cover of Variety yep. in Enzo and a Koenigsegg CCX. Yep. The film ends with Natasha in the Koenigsegg and Carlo in the Enzo racing each other before being chased by the police on the freeway. And that is Redline. Yes, that's that that is a movie. And like that description makes it sound fun. This movie is not fun. No, I mean, it's not not fun. But like, again, if it was better or worse, it would be better. That's true. I do think that if it would have got a little bit zanier. You know, maybe some blood spray, mm-hmm. some, you know, more chaotic things. Like, if the car would have, like, like lifted up off the ground but hit the moon and exploded. Sure. You know, we could have really pushed this. But, like, it trying to stay grounded really was to its own detriment. I feel like the bigger issue here is that no one's having fun. Like, in a movie where, like, I mean, the characters. Like, in a movie where it's okay. all, like, cool people doing cool Beautiful, things. Beautiful, cool people. Yeah. Everyone's just so angry. Like, I feel like only at the very, very end, when they're racing those very fancy cars on the freeway, there's a little bit of fun. Like, it kind of still sucks a little bit, but, like, at least they're smiling. Like, everyone is just so serious in a world where, like, hey, I'm going to counterfeit $80 million. Like, why are you not more happy? Like, it just, it's it's so weird. Also, like, they should have, like, balled a little bit harder. Like, if these, like, rich dudes, like, I get it, like, making the movie type situations, but, like... These are rich dudes that are exclusively gambling millions of dollars against each other Mm -hmm. on their own private drivers. The parties that they have to do this don't look that wild. No. You know what I mean? Like, these should have been fucking ragers, dude. And, like, they're parties that they're having, like, in public gathering spaces in Las Vegas. And the thing that, like, really made me upset about this is, like, if they're doing this, too, it's, like, I get it that they have, like, they hired a helicopter for the movie, and, like, they're watching it, like, on live stream from the helicopter, and that's, like, a great view or whatever, but, like, and, like, I get it that you're, like, in a tent and air conditioning, but, like, wouldn't you want to, like, be at the finish line? Yeah. And they're, like, not. They're just, like, chilling in a tent, just, like... Like, I do wonder if, if that is reflective of, like... This guy where he's just like, I have so much money. Like, it, it, like this $100 million bet doesn't even mean anything to me. Like, if it's just like, yeah, we don't, I don't care. I don't have to be there. But their, like, careers are, like, one's, like, a movie director, one's, like, a mob boss, and the other one's, like, what, like, a, a rapper? I, 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 yeah, sure. Let's go with that, because I don't have a better answer. And then, like, a Chinese businessman. Like, the, of the four, like, the Chinese businessman I can kind of get, but, like, the other three, like, aren't, like, rich, rich. You know what I mean? Not, like... Jeff no, right. Bezos rich, you know, that's and like, like none of them are likable. Like no, like, so Nat is kind of likable. Yeah. Like, I, there's nobody you're rooting for. No, even the kid that like, I thought the blonde haired kid who was going to be like, I thought he was going to be the hero. Was the one who dies in the crash. The one who dies in the crash. He's like a little douche. Like, yeah, he sucks the whole movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like his uncle sucks. I was even looking for, like, context clues to be, like, who doesn't suck here? And, like, I guess Natasha doesn't suck, but she's not really, like, showcased until no. the second half of the movie when he dies. Like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, so, like, there's a narrator, and it's not really clear until she's, like, she's basically, like, and that's me. I'm kind of the girl next door. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Who? What? No. What are you? But she's also a grease monkey. She's also the lead singer in a band. Yes. She owns the garage. Yes. Like, the guy's, like, uh, Eddie Griffin's, like, yeah. I want to talk to your boss. I want to talk to Nat. She's like, I'm Nat. My friends call me Nat. This guy's like, oh, shit. 
<laughs> and my dad's like, it's just like, okay. Yeah, and her mom and like this this guy who, by the way, if we can give the the award that Brian gives out for people that we need to see more of, um, the mom and like the guy that's the mechanic at the shop, sure. like those two, what the fuck is happening in their lives? They're just in for a wild ride. Like she just disappears, and the mom's like. She, like, calls her once, and, like, after she's been missing for three days because she's at the one guy's house, and her mom's, like, back to work, boop-a-doop, like, totally fine. Yep. One thing that I was sort of surprised, like, this movie does a couple things that the Fast and Furious have not done, and not for good or bad reasons, but I'm surprised that, like, the Fast and Furious has no war. Like, the fact that there's, like, a war veteran, I'm like, if very easily, like, Vince or Leon could have been like, oh, yeah, I serve time or whatever. It almost makes it feel like... Fast and Furious exists like in an, in an idyllic universe where like war doesn't exist. <laughs> they are the war, essentially. Yeah, because like it's you know, Mister Nobody says there's a war being fought between shadows and ghosts. It's like Twilight, I guess. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it, it just feels like, and I'm, I'm not you know, this is not true of everybody. There's a, I think there's a, a large majority of people who enlist in the military who are also car guys. And like in car culture and stuff like that, right? So like plus plus there's like there's like a long history that like veterans coming back usually buy American cars and get like great deals and rates and financing through the military to buy these cars. And so they, you know, always have like new Mustangs and chargers and stuff like that. So yes, it does kind of go hand in hand. It's just weird to me that, like, I don't think it would happen now, but, like, especially in the first movie, or even, like, the second movie, or just, like, oh, yeah, you did time, me too, or whatever. Not, I guess... Served. You served? Served time, yeah. Not served time, do you just... Right, did yeah, you serve? not... Because there's a lot of people who did time in these movies. But, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Jail, jail exists, war does yes. not. Correct, which is weird. Um, there's also anti-radar technology, like, they, they do, like, the, the scrambler or whatever, where the guy's when did speeding, this like, early, very early. I don't remember that. And the other thing that I wrote down that I really liked was that, you know, when they're on the plane and Infamous has, like, his honeys with it. Like, it's basically, you know, Roman's girls or whatever, right? Yes, yes. This was incredible. Go ahead, because I don't know how this wasn't mentioned in the fucking Wikipedia thing. Go ahead. One of them gets really pissed at him. And this is when Nat's on the thing. They're going to Vegas. Yeah, because she's performing at the car race. This girl gets pissed at Infamous. He's like, don't make me pull this over. No, she says pull it over. She's Okay, she says pull it over. Pull over this land- plane right now. They land in a field, and they kick her out of the plane, and then just take off immediately. Yep. The amount of fuel that would require to Should land and then retake in. off. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big factor in in flying, right? Like having the right amount of fuel to mm-hmm. get there for the weight. And Especially uh, on private planes where there's like a smaller gas tank. Right? Yeah, yeah. You 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 know air traffic control to divert your path. All of these questions I've had, but I mean, I guess we got the world's longest runway too. So true that that plane has been tr- that plane is still trying to take off. It is still wild, wild, it's, absolutely it's wild, fucking bonkers. It was that was probably my favorite part of the movie, and um, I watched that, and that's why I looked at Rachel and go, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was when it was like full tilt. And again, more of that, please. This could have gotten really zany. I would have liked it. Sure. I mean, like, there's the there's the line coming up shortly where one guy says to the the counterfeiter, "quote counterfeit machine is broke. You don't have twenty five million to bet." Yes, and I'm like, "Hold on, 
this motherfucker's been betting with fake money the whole time? Yeah. That's fucking genius. The fact that he's made it this far without, like, getting getting his kneecaps... Yeah. Yeah. Murdered or, like, just, like, beat up or whatever, like... He's good at this, but it's like, what? What? How is your counterfeit machine just like, it's down? It's the fucking McDonald's frosty machine. <laughs> just like, you know that the FTC is like investigating that, right? Have you heard about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, like the real reason for it, right? They said like, it's just like a pain in the dick to clean. And yeah. like, none mm-hmm. of the workers ever clean it. So they're like, it just broken, right? Because they don't yeah, so clean there's, it. So people who don't know that there is the McDonald's uh, like the flurry machine, the soft serve, the soft soft serve, serve. a soft serve. Okay, yeah, is almost always broken at every McDonald's. Yes, an overwhelming percentage of them, and like yes. it's so bad that like the FTC is like trying to figure out like what the fuck, like what, how, what is actually going on. So yeah, yeah, I, and this is the point where I wrote down that there's a real irony here, which I think, oh, unaware of fake rich men in over their heads and seeing the bottom fall out in front of their eyes, right? It's like where all these guys that seemingly don't have the money to be gambling how they're gambling, they're yes. living a life of luxury beyond their means, Yep. and they're all about to get fucked. And it's like, oh, like it's kind of cool to see that happen here. Too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. But was the audio balance in this movie completely jacked? I don't remember. I don't remember it being an issue. Because mine was like, Cars revving at like seven thousand volume, and then just whispers, and like they never balanced the conversations in it either. There's a conversation that they have where like she's in the bed, and the fucking military brother is like on the other side of the room, and he's the mic is clearly near him, okay, but they don't have a mic near her. Well, so okay, so the weird thing about this movie is if you go on IMD uh, on Letterboxd, because yeah. I think IMDb has the, the full thing, but they have like a cast tab and a crew tab. And I'm like, okay, because I want to see what else Daniel Sadek has done. Yes. And I go crew, and the only guy listed is the director. So, like, I don't know if it's like, oh, he just did everything, or they did, like, it, it does not feel like the kind of production where they actually hire, like, they, they had, you have to get union guys for some, like, for certain things, right? Or yeah. whatever, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It also feels like, yeah, maybe they just didn't want to spend that money, or they'd rather spend it on a car or whatever. Like, oh, we don't need a sound guy. We, we can buy microphones. Yeah. Exactly. At the end, when I mentioned before, Nat stops at the finish line, she flips off the camera, and then she says, and another quote that I wrote down, my mom is safe. Now Michael is so screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go to the cops. Like, there's there's, there's so many times in this movie where, like, they're just, it's just like a dude. Like, it's not like a criminal enterprise. It's just like a dude who has, like, you know, it's just... I, I, it feels like there's an easy solution to most of this stuff, and just like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna race my way out of it. Because he's not like the Godfather. Like he has like nope. two henchmen that he just makes counterfeit money with. You know, the difference here is that like in the Fast and Furious, Dom, for instance, can't go to the cops because he's a criminal, right? He's wanted. Yes. Nat is just an honest worker whose mom is kidnapped. Yeah, and and she gets kidnapped into, too, and forced into racing, but she's gonna race her way out of it. Um, something that we didn't mention is that at this final uh, showdown that they have what presumably looks like Arizona, right? They, I think they say Red Rocks. Sure. Okay. They have like the four cars and the guy driving the Celine is her father's murderer. So it's like if Kenny Linder comes back and like had to race Dom. Perfect. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. And he's like still like he has like burn marks from like him being in the crash as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fucking brutal, man. That's a that's an interesting turn that I'm 
I mean, we've, you know, we've seen Dom's, you know, flashbacks now. It's like, what if Kenny Linder comes back and has to race him? I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. There's, there's so many, like, cool stolen straight from Fast and the Fear. Okay, in the beginning of the movie, the kid has to, like, drive, and the first scene is him driving, like, pills and has to get there fast. Isn't that the premise of Vanishing Point? Or what movie did we watch that he's like, I have to deliver these amphetamines, like, can you get them here by tomorrow? Like, can you get to, like, the other side of the country by tomorrow morning or something? Yeah, Vanishing Point, yeah. Was it? I think that that's what it is, too. Vanishing Point is like, I need to make this, like, 16-hour delivery or whatever, and I have, like, 16 hours. Or what? Yeah, it's, like, one of those kind of things, right? So, yeah. And I think it's, like, to deliver amphetamines, right? Like, doesn't he have, like, a, like a bottle so. of amphetamines? Okay, that's what I thought, too. So I was, like, a little bit of Vanishing Point in the beginning. Like, at the end, when she's, like these cars are really beautiful or something or like he's like this is really beautiful she's like it is and she's like looking at the car and he's like i thought you said that the car doesn't matter the driver matters i'm like are you just like generic is this like good value brand great value brand well it it feels like you took the fast and furious script and then google translated it into like lebanese and then you translate it back into english and just like yeah that's the script yeah A lot of the time, there's like certain monologues and stuff that I'm like, yeah, that would have been one way to say that that is not as memorable as like, it's not the car, it's the driver. You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. like <laughs> anything else you want to say about Redline? Why does? It, oh yes, I have, I have another one. This is not this is not easy to find. Like, it's not streamable anywhere. So it's not like you can like even if we're like, hey, like just watch until you get bored or whatever. Like, you have to pay <laughs> to find this movie. Like, it's you know, it's just. There's a weird point, like, after the kidnapping and before the race, that the the criminal uncle shows up to the race, and he's, like, all of a sudden, like, very zen for okay. no reason. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? And he's just like, like, let it ride, man. But, like, he also had kidnapped her mom and, like, has her locked up and is, like, trying to, like, it's very weird. And he sets all the money on fire while he kidnapped her. And I don't know if that's real money or counterfeit money, but he just has, like, a bonfire, like, where he, like, dances around all this money burning and she sees it. There's a lot of wow. What I'm trying to say is that what (laughs) Alex said was 100% right. If somebody tells you that the Fast and the Furious movies are dumb and not fun and don't make any sense, force them to watch Redline and they'll be begging for a Fast and the Furious movie. Like, the other thing, so, like, people on Letterboxd sort of compare this to Torque, which we covered for a Patreon episode, which we're not crazy about, but also, that's at least, that has a a purpose, right? That's just, like, we're going to make fun of these movies to a certain extent. We're going to try to make a genuine action movie, but we're also going to satirize it. This just, like, let's fucking make a cool car movie, bro. And it's like, uh, okay. This was giving me kind of the, like, Norwegian Borning vibes, but, like, not as genuine you know what I'm saying? Like, Borning, they were, like, it seemed like they were making a movie, and they they cared about the movie, and they cared about cars, and this is clearly made by a guy that was essentially scamming people in their mortgages yeah. that had too much money and didn't know what to do with it. This is a guy that, like, I mean, we said it before, but it's just like, I love cars. I got a cool, beautiful girlfriend who yeah. wants to be an actress. I wants to be a bigger actress. I'm going to do a cool thing. It's going to take us a couple of months. We're gonna, it's going to make us a lot of money. Like, it's there's nothing to lose here. Life, this life is going to last forever. <laughs> that that should, yeah, that should be the, the ta- like, the tagline. Be like, 
this life will ne- it'll never get better than this, right? Like, or it'll always be as good as this. Not it'll never will never be better than this. Yeah. Like, well, that's also. I mean, it's the same thing. We'll never be better like this. Like you know, things are going to be this good forever. Yeah. It's like David after dentist. Yeah. Am I going to feel this way forever? Yes, <laughs> yeah. you are. You absolutely are. God, I forgot about that. I need to go watch it now. Good, good, good reminder. Thank you. All right. Do you want to watch the trailer for Redline? I would love to watch the trailer for Redline. Let me open it, though. So this one, Redline Trailer 2007, posted by MYX Movie, who is just plugging his blog in, in the description. So clearly <laughs> not from Redline. Oh, oh. So also, do you see what his blog is? It's myxpitstop.blogspot.my. Guy loves cars. He likes pit stops. This is a pit stop. All right, three, two, one, play. There's almost a million views of this trailer, which I don't know how that's possible. Small children, maybe? Oh, also... So many again, butts. Here, go ahead. The butts, like, just, like, beautiful women. I also thought, like, you go on those things when, like, the when like the, the bra or the panties or whatever hit the ground, but they, like, just throw it up in the air, they're like, go, and they just drive. It's like, that's <laughs> not... I don't think that's how this works. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. I just assume it's how the Fast and Furious does it, right? Which is like when it lands, you yeah. go. Yeah, but you know that's also that. Kinda... That scene was the anti-radar tech where oh, the guy okay. was like had the thing on his eye or whatever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that should have been James Vanderbeek, right? Like they tried to cast James Vanderbeek for this kid. Probably. I mean, he also looks like Paul Walker a little bit. Oh, in this scene, that the guy with the shaved head is Gus Hansen. Like, there's a couple of, like actual serious heavy hitter poker players that like are just like, hey, yeah, I'm playing poker with this guy every week. You know, million dollar hands or whatever. Like, you want to be in my movie? Sure, absolutely. This movie did have a ton of fucking cool cars, though. Like, it really did. Everybody's got a price. Three hundred thousand. Damn. All right, fine. And any chance can be taken. Oh, they got like movie voice for it and everything, huh? four cars, 25 million bucks. I like the sound of that. The trailer makes this look pretty cool, dude. How are you gonna make me happy? Everything okay? I need to win. I need to win. But once you're in this deep. No, but it's not even the real movie voice guy. It's just like a guy with a deep voice. Yeah, that's true. I have a turn down a little bit so I can hear sounded like the only way out oh it's that a movie no i don't think so no because i would have uh, that that's a fast and furious thing yeah under the car under the truck i mean oh it came out on april 13th which i'm assuming is a friday the 13th so that's you know that probably bodes well that's always a good call yeah the tagline for this movie is risk everything fear nothing That's okay. We show the okay. We show that in the trailer. The kid died. Yep. Yep. Nice. You could have just honked the horn. That would be rude. Cool. Yeah. Looked cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the letterbox game. I don't remember if this is easy or not. I don't remember. For reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterbox, has seen like 895,000 people. Eight nine five zero zero zero. Okay. Redline 2007, directed by Andy Chang, has been seen by how many people, Joe? 12,000. You're way too high. I thought so. I was going to go six to begin with. Way too high. 2,000. Way too high. 
1,500 people? 1,000 people? Still too high. 714. The same number of people who are... Same wow. number of home runs that Babe Ruth hit have seen Redline. Wow. Yeah, not bad, right? I thought I was going to go... Like, I was like 6,000. I was like, no, I mean, maybe a little bit more than this. Trailer. Million views. 700 people on Letterboxd. <laughs> I think it's just that that girl in like the skimpy skirt at the beginning of the trailer, yeah, probably. right? Like a, some thirteen-year-old was like, "You gotta see the trailer for this movie." <laughs> Average rating one point nine. Most common a one star, then a one and a half, then a half, then a two. Most okay. popular review uh, one and a half stars. Wrong movie. <laughs> That's the entire review. Wrong movie. <laughs> Is it Mike Manzi? Did they, what did they do it? No, I think he's he meant to find the other red line, which we're gonna cover on the Patreon. I think I'm assuming. <laughs> And you just watched it? I guess so. Or they watched, like, uh, you know, who knows? I don't know. But, Joe, okay. out of those 714 people, how many have it in their top four? Zero. You are correct. Zero people yeah, have this in their top easy. four. How many people have given it five stars? I'd say, like, six is a joke. You're too high, but not off by much. Uh, f- five? A little bit more? Four? <laughs> four people gave it five stars. Okay. So we are going to go to Dimax999 at Dimax999. Ducati999. Has rated 12 movies, gave all 12 of them five stars, including this movie. Only 12 movies, all slam dunks, including this one. Go ahead. What are his top four favorite movies of all time? Here's a hint. We've covered all four of them nine times. (laughs) Fast and Furious 1. Yes. Fast and Furious 7. Yes. Tokyo Drift? No. Five and six? No and yes. So seven is his first, one is his third, six is his fourth, but number two, you're still missing. Nine? F9? Nope. No, I think they probably stopped using it if it was just 12 choices. Um, We talked about it in this episode. Fate of the Furious? Nope, in the intro. Too Fast. Too Fast. Seven, two, one, and six. Seven and one are like pretty universal, but the and, rest is and like six. I would say six is probably up there six, too. Six is up there, but like six, seven, one are good guesses. But the then, movies like, he's given five one. stars to okay. are Red Line, yeah, every Fast, Fast and, and Furious. Furious one, two, four, six, seven. So okay. not five, not three, not eight. Okay, okay. fuck those ones. Go ahead. Need for Speed. Perfect. Makes sense. Deadpool, Guardians of the <laughs> Galaxy, The Dark Knight, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, <laughs> and Inside Out, which feels wildly out of place here. <laughs> Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice 2, bro? And that is Dimax 999 Redline on Letterboxd. So, yeah. thank you once again, Alex Why do we have for... a podcast for Dimax, by the way? For sure. Like, that's our target demo right there. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, Dark Knight, five of seven, perfect movie. All the Fast and Furiouses, some of well, some of them. <laughs> Inside Out and Redline, perfect. Yep. it's a beautiful thing, beautiful machine. <laughs> it really is. Our next episode is a Patreon bonus episode. We are doing the other Redline, the anime Redline from two thousand nine. Which you said you really liked. You've seen this, right? I've never seen it. This oh. is just supposedly the good one. Okay, okay, okay. Fan favorite Garrett Smith. DM'd me on Twitter about it. Oh. And he said, it's an anime extremely high energy, something I wish I liked more, but it was just kind of middling on overall. A lot of cool shit in there, though. Okay. 
So. Well, we trust Garrett's opinions. We yeah. we do. I mean, Andy's a fan favorite. So yeah, yeah. So that is on the Patreon feed on TooFastTooFarver.com. But our next main feed episode, The Fate of the Furious, with the aforementioned Brian Late Night Slumber Ooh. Party High School Ooh. Rodriguez. I haven't talked to Brian in a while. You were just on a podcast episode with him. What episode of what? Stigmata. Oh, Hard yes, to believe yes, with yes, John yes, Brooks. yes, yes, yes. Hard to believe with John Brooks. And we're actually, like, John, John, <laughs> that fucking, Brian and I, are strong podcast personalities and you know that because you have to deal with us sometimes a lot of the time i think that we kind of drove stigmata off the rails a little bit because john did not like that movie as much as we loved it for the chaos that it was well i think he just probably paid way more attention to it than you guys you guys were both (laughs) taking it as a lifetime folding clothes while watching the movie yes and he was like uh yeah gabriel burns pretty crazy in this yeah yeah there's plot holes and like things happen Yes, we watched it as chaos, um, so he actually invited us back to do the other half of his uh, duet. Yes. So we're going to join him for that. So check that out. That is out now. Hard to believe. John Brooks was on our Jacob's Ladder episode at the end of last year, the beginning of this year, so he's been on here. He will never talk about a Fast and Furious movie, I don't think, but... um... John Brooks has a really big brain, guys. He he does. He's like very smart, analytical dude, and Brian and I... Where Brian and I. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not like Kate Hudson, who's just like you guys, uh, but a woman. Um, <laughs> yes, it's yes. it's somebody who actually is smart, um, <laughs> yeah, who has yeah. culture and taste and yes. uh, things to say about things. And you guys were like, "Yeah, this is a good movie." He's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah. We're like, "No, you just cared about it too much." Like that's yeah. what the problem was. So anyway, next week, Brian will be on to talk about Fate of the Furious. We'll do a car game with him. So shout out to Jerry about that. Yeah. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast, Too Forever.com, and our store, Too Fast, Too Forever.shop. Bonus episode on the Patreon in a couple days, Redline 2009. And then next week with Brian Rodriguez, The Fate of the Furious. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll tell you all about it. We'll see you.